The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered this day for our Marsh community here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership now and later around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of ministry and service in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. Today, together, we announce the grace of God for a community that spans the globe. On this Bach Experience Sunday, in Geneva, Switzerland, two physicians, mother and father, with their two children, listen to the word and music. In Paris, France, a former chorister listens with her own family at her side. In Tokyo, new friends at the university there, present here three Sundays ago, join us for this hour. In Sao Paulo, one couple joins us each and every week. Today we attend truth in the interpretation of the gospel. We greet goodness in the gathering of the church. And we are immersed in beauty, in voice and instrument, in collegium and choir. Behold the universal height of this beauty recognized around the world as such. In an age that has dissolved so many of its universals, you today dare to sing and speak of what lasts and matters and counts everywhere for everyone. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
let us pray. O God, you declare your almighty power chiefly in showing mercy and pity. Grant us the fullness of your grace that we, running to obtain your promises, may become partakers of your heavenly treasure through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the Epistle of James, chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being like us, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth yielded its harvest. My brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and is brought back by another, you should know that whoever brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading responsively Psalm 124 with the antiphon. been the Lord who is on our side. Let Israel now say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when our enemies attacked us, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Now, beloved, please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of our gospel.
Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark, chapter 9, verses 38 through 50. Glory to you, O Lord. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him, because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell, where their worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Dr. Jarrett. Dean Hill. Dr. Jarrett. Alumni Weekend itself is a two-level drama, a stereoptic bifocal collision of past and present, of hope and fear, of what we expect on the one hand and what we experience on the other, expectation and experience never quite becoming equivalents. On Alumni Weekend, you walk past a classroom where you heard something new. As once was said by a famous baseball player, it's deja vu all over again. You see a teacher's office where you learned the hard news about a midterm result. You pass by a tree under which you hugged or kissed your then boyfriend or girlfriend. Your memory is quickened by the spatial locational power of a sunset on the river or a trolley bell ringing or the crack of the bat and the roar of the crowd. You watch and you see. As Yogi Berra also said, you can observe a lot just by watching. But all these memories are held in a new way in a second-level recollection, that of today as today looks upon yesterday. You enter a restaurant, and where others simply see a television, you see a television on which you watched and heard 7th President BU President John Silver interviewed in 1980 on 60 Minutes by Mike Wallace. You look out over Nickerson Field while other, others watch soccer and you remember a football game. Oops. <laughs> you sit in Marsh Chapel as the sermon meanders on toward its inevitable conclusion or what you hope will be its proximate conclusion, but you hear some other voice once uttered here or a song once sung here or a prayer once dropped with a full heart into the prayer request box. Three honored Boston University alumni yesterday spoke in this manner. BU became my passport. At BU, I grew up. 
Here I was taught that the authority of the highest idea should prevail over the idea of the highest authority, not who has the idea, but what idea is best, not power, but truth. Time and space are not quite as absolute in determination of our being as sometimes we think. It helps to have a bifocal, a stereoptic vision, a two-level drama of sorts. And that is the nature of the New Testament, shot through from Matthew to, to Revelation with apocalyptic language and imagery. Our holy scripture, both holy and scripture, is both heaven and earth. It is both sacred and secular at the same time, both divine and human. Its word walks with human feet and sings with a divine voice. So its word faces harsh truth upon the earth. Syria, 200,000 dead, 4 million refugees, 7 million dislocated. And its word sings with a divine voice reminding us that each one of these is a child of the living God. By the way, the apocalyptic warnings of Mark chapter 9, which we have just heard, are not to be taken literally. We know this. We know about hyperbole. Even the convoluted hyperbole of a famous ball player describing his once favorite restaurant, nobody goes there anymore, it's too crowded. We know about hyperbole. Let us pause one good moment this morning to recognize that and why we do not understand the Bible as utterly inerrant and divine. The Bible is inspired and so inspires us and is our first point of reflection, prototypical but not archetypical, first but not exclusive in the church's long history of the search for truth. So these verses that we just heard, harsh and judgmental, Mark 9, need careful interpretation. So Matthew, when he comes upon Mark to use it 20 years later, cuts out half of them. So Luke, when he comes upon Mark to use it 25 years later, cuts out all of them. And even Mark himself shifts the weight from fear to hope even in this passage as he wrestles to interpret what he in the year 70 has himself inherited from whatever source and concludes, be salt, preservative, and seasoning. Have peace among yourselves all around the globe. Who is not against us is for us. Walk with me together. So it is particularly appropriate this special Sunday that we hear a cantata, a beautiful gem of sacred music that began its life as an ornament of secular gaiety, that began its life as music by which to feast and to dance and to revel. It began as joy, and then it was transformed so that our joy might be complete. Charles Wesley wrote hymns, many of which we still sing, and found the music and the melodies and the harmonies in the sung music of his day, did he not? St. John of the Cross, the greatest of Spanish mystics, whose poetry strikes the heart to this day, composed his lyrics with the help of Italian pastoral love poetry, did he not? 
the author of the Song of Solomon, who wrote a torrid, fierce, erotic ballad of human love, would perhaps have been bemused to see how quickly Judaism made of it by analogy the love of God for the covenant people, and how quickly Christianity, by analogy, made of it the love of Christ for his church, would she not? In our time, wherein the attempt to embrace the secular, secular with the sacred, to express a faith amenable to culture within a culture amenable to faith, to unite the pair so long disjoined knowledge and vital piety, has become so challenged, so marginal, so pitiable, nearly a lost cause. And of a sudden, come Sunday, this Sunday, we have Bach's secular music magically, alchemically made sacred in this beautiful 18-minute poem. For all our fears of heaven and of earth, it does ring out a note of hope, does it not? Dr. Jarrett, for what shall we listen today? We who remember St. Augustine's proverb, hope has two beautiful daughters, anger and courage. Dean Hill. Dr. Jarrett. (laughs) Dean Hill. This year at Marsh Chapel, our annual cantata series surveys box musical sermons for Easter. Beginning today with cantata number 66, Rejoice, you hearts, fade away, you sorrows. Our cantata dates from Bach's first year as cantor of the Thomas Church in Leipzig, a period of remarkable industry and accomplishment. Bach's greatest achievement in those weeks was surely the composition and first performance of the St. John Passion, heard just days before the cantata we performed this morning. For Easter Sunday morning that year, Bach revived an earlier work, Chris Log and Tortoise Bonden, which we will perform later in this series. For Easter Monday, he again drew on earlier material and written in 1718 for the birthday celebrations of Prince Leopold of Curtin. With the reordering of the movements, the addition of a final chorale, and fitted with a new text, the resultant cantata marks the splendor of Easter with great joy, dance, and, as we shall see, no shortage of the predicament of faith as characterized by hope and fear. Bach's text was the story of Jesus' appearance to the disciples on the road to Emmaus from the 24th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. As you'll recall, the story depicts some fairly thick-headed disciples in shock over the fate of their Jesus rebellion and still grief-stricken from his betrayal and ultimate demise. Only when the traveler breaks bread with them do they realize that he is their risen Lord. Marsh Chapel congregants have come to understand that the cantatas of Bach, just like sermons, follow a structure, not just musically with choruses, recitatives, arias, and chorales, but also theologically from opening with a chorus of praise and joy to more explicit exegesis from soloists moving toward reflection on the human condition, both personal and corporate. Typically, the cantata concludes with a four-part chorale setting attaching the newly, newly composed music to the cherished and beloved hymns of the faith. The key element of Bach's older example from 1718 was a dialogue between two allegorical characters. In that cantata, they were bliss and fame. 
For Easter Monday in 1724, these characters became fear and hope. And in their material, we find the central human predicament, a willing spirit thwarted by the will of the flesh, a spiritual aspiration weighed down by a human frailty, the promise of redemption tinged by doubts that we are ultimately unworthy, or, as in today's gospel lesson for us from Mark 9, we wish to be salt, but have we lost our saltiness? As you listen this morning, note the joy of the opening movement, a bright dance in triple meter. Cast as a large-scale da capo chorus, the middle section sung by alto and bass foreshadows the theme of anxiety and fear heard poignantly in descending chromatic scales. In the bass aria, the most direct nod to the Emmaus story, listen for the lightning bolts of string arpeggios at the words, Jesus appears. And as the alto and tenor sing their dialogue, observe the remarkable layering of these voices and their texts at the same time, truly reflecting our own complicated condition. In the final duet, listen for the spirited violin obligato played today by our concertmaster, Heidi Braunhill. It's as if the violin is the voice of the refiner's fire, inflaming our hearts towards love's fiery hue. The final chorale, though exultant with threefold alleluias, concludes with a solemn Kyrie eleison, as if to say, look up from the grave, but stay fixed on the cross. After the atonement and self-reflection of Lenten and Holy Week observances, only the radiance of the risen Lord can redeem. The tomb is emptied, the stone is rolled away. But will my faith be strong enough to roll the stone of my own heart away? Can Christ restore my saltiness, or will my fear outshine my hope? Rejoice, you hearts, Fade away, you sorrows. The Savior lives and rules within you. You can drive away mourning, fear, anxious despair. The Savior revives his spiritual kingdom. Alleluia. Alleluia. Dr. Jarrett. Dean Hill. Dr. Jarrett, hope indeed has two beautiful daughters, anger and courage, Anger at the way things are and courage to see that they do not need to remain as they are. Our collegium and our choir and our congregation offer out into the unseen world around a dynamic dialogue of heaven and earth, sacred and secular, divine and human. And it has become quite difficult to do so. A Christ against culture fits easily and well with a popular Christianity Bible-drenched which rejects the world around. Harder it is to think, speak, and sing of a Christ in culture, a Christ transforming culture. So also from the side of the society there grows an unwillingness to admit of the value of propositions that are not immediately verifiable but may well be true. Harder and harder it is to say, If thine heart be as mine, give me thine hand. Or, in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. Or, as today, have peace among yourselves. Who is not against us, 
is for us. Yet here these are today, all interwoven, as we hear at the end of the cantata, fear and hope, both so deeply human, sing around and around each other. As we hear in the scripture, who is not against us is for us, be at peace one with another. Maybe, among other things, this is why the current papal visit has made such a resounding, though perhaps only partly articulated, impact. For here is a religious voice speaking in the halls of government. Here is a sacred person addressing the nations as united in the United Nations. Here is a representation of the holy riding the streets of the most secular of cities. Not the church mumbling its prayers behind closed doors, not the culture, its government and its authority and its society stumbling ahead with its decisions apart from a final horizon, but sacred and secular singing together. Maybe among other things, this is why there are still a few university pulpits here and there whose calling it is to remember and to remind that the point of education is helping people. And what makes Boston University unique and great is its capacity to harness learning to help people. Education is meant to help people. That is, on one hand, it is good to know, as Einstein showed, that gravity is a manifestation of the curvature in space-time resulting from the presence of matter and energy. On the other hand, It is great to see that insight and others like it making space in new inventions and discoveries for safety, for progress, for care, for health. Just for a moment, a heavenly hope embracing an earthly fear, both real, both true. Just for a moment this morning, prayer, soul, eternity, faith, heaven, judgment, salvation, Love, God. I truly fear the darkness of the grave. I do not fear the darkness of the grave. I lament my Savior is now torn from me. I hope that my Savior is not torn from me. I truly fear the darkness of the grave. I do not fear the darkness of the grave. I lament my Savior is now torn from me. I hope that my Savior is not torn from me. This music, this scripture, this day, this week, this life just now, they do give you a sense for all our fears that hope survives and may just prevail, or as one did say, it ain't over till it's over. A colleague and friend, Rick Black, said this week, when people hear us, they should think, things are not as bad as we think they are, and these folks are helping to make things better. Herein, perhaps, we find the valence of such dominical sayings. He He that is not not against us us is for us. us. He that that is is not not against us us is for us. And have Have salt in yourselves and be at at peace with one one another. another. Have Have salt salt in yourselves and be be at at peace with one one another.
Jesus erscheint. Jesus erscheint, uns Frieden zu geben. Jesus erscheint, uns Frieden. uns Frieden zu geben. Jesus verruft. Jesus verruft uns mit ihm zu
ist unser Brust ein heller Sonnenschein, mit Trost erfüllt auf seinen Heiland schauen und in sich selbst ein Himmelreich erbauen, ist wahre Christen Eigentum. Doch weil ich hier ein himmlisch Labsale habe, so sucht mein Geist für seine Lust und Ruhe, mein Heiland ruft mir kräftig zu, mein Grab und Sterben bringt euch Leben, mein Auferstehen ist euer Trost. Mein Mund will zwar ein Opfer geben, meine Heimat, doch wie klein, wie wenig, wie sogar geringe, wird es vor dir, o oh großer Siegel sein, wenn ich für dich ein Sieg und Tantlich bringe. Mein Auge sieht, den Heimat Auge sieht, den Heimat
Dear friends, we remember this morning that Bach gave us God's word, Mozart gave us God's laughter, and Beethoven gave us God's fire, and God gave us music that we might pray without words. Please join me in thanking Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett and the Marsh Chapel Choir and Collegium for leading us in prayer this morning. As you continue to revel in this aural uh, heaven we have just encountered, we encourage you to consider putting 
Uh, Sunday, the afternoon of Sunday, October 18th, on your calendar as the Marsh Chapel Choir will join the Harvard Radcliffe Collegium Musicum and the Boston Modern Orchestra Project in a performance of Mansurian's Requiem at Jordan Hall at the New England Conservatory in honor of the 100th anniversary of the Armenian Genocide. More information is available in your bulletin and tickets are available at bmop.org. Next Sunday, we encourage students to come together at 945 at the Deanery, 96 Bay State Road, for a brunch before our communion service. We celebrate World Communion Sunday next week. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
Dear God, spirit of love and life, we are filled with gratitude. Gathered in worship, we are grateful for the beauty of our earth, for the joy of music, for the blessings of the people around us. We are grateful for the opportunity here to give of ourselves through our presence and our resources. We pray that the gifts given today sustain the ministry of this community and bless the world. For these gifts and for all that is our lives, we pray. of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. <laughs> 